Father in heaven, we are so grateful for the moment, for the hour. Thank you that nothing happens by accident, that you've been putting it all together, even up to this moment. Even those who are here today, thank you for releasing your word in a way that it so compels us, transforms us, heals us, saves us and uses us for your glory. May it be so in Jesus' name. The people said amen. Before you take your seat, find somebody, hug them, say, I don't see you enough. And just hug them, say, I don't see you enough. summoning each other out of your seats. <laughs> Look what I started, right? <laughs> I don't see you enough. Once a week is not enough. It's just, just true. Ooh-wee. As you focus your attention on Luke chapter 15, I'm aware of the words spoken last week. In fact, I took the time to detail it, listen, and watch even the words that were given to you prophetically. I think God did, did an awesome, awesome job through uh, Elder Crawford last week. His prophetic gift was amazing. It was really amazing. That wasn't a, enough honor for that word that came forth. Even you should clap again. You should say thank you for that for that ministry. So important. So important. I, I, I will tell you that, that at least three of us have a covenant together to prepare and hear the Lord and, and receive and implement the direction that God wants for us to take. And we've been doing that for the last two years. And uh, so, so the series that are beginning to unfold have come from not only prayer, but, but collaborating together. And, uh, and we're going to work harder. We are working harder to not only to hear what the Lord is saying. By the way, he wasn't in here when you said thank you to him. He just walked back in the door. So say thank you to him one more time. The Elder Crawford for what he did. In fact, I, I, I was talking to my daughter. We were, we were, we were, we clown for seven days. Amen. It was wonderful. I, I mainly stood back and just enjoyed it. I, I should have showed you the picture I had with a crane who had come down into the driveway each day uh, and stand at the door like, uh, y'all still there? And, uh, and, the, and the children that would open the door and get the hot the potato bun, potato bread, the hot dog buns and feed the crane and the crane was hooked so he came every day because you know feed them and they'll come amen and feed them and they'll come baby feed them and they'll come curses are that way too but the curse only comes where it's fed amen but that's that's a whole nother issue um, it was so much fun it was it was so much fun being with family and uh uh, the way we were with each other and the way we haven't been really was just wonderful. And we, Carolyn and I, we said, okay, we're going to do this again and we're going to even plan it grander. And, and uh, everyone was just amazed at each other. It was so, 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 so good. I think sometimes when you're family, you take each other for granted. 
And uh, sometimes you pull away from the norm, you, you see it differently. Likewise, the church, I think sometimes we take each other for granted. Um, and, and it's so important that you and I are gathered together and continue to do so. And frankly, even the more, that's the way the scripture speaks about it, even the more as the day draws, draws near. And I don't think there's anybody in here that, that doesn't believe that something is happening and something's coming. How many of you kind of, you just sense that spiritually something's happening, something's happening and we're headed towards something. And that is so, so true. Atlanta is one of the most important cities in America right now. And if you understood the spiritual warfare that goes on in the heavenlies over our city and over the influence of our city, because we so influence the rest of the nation. And, and the church is in the midst of that influence. God intended that the church be the most prolific influencers. The church was to be God's light in the world. Not, not a candle hidden under a bushel. And I think our buildings have become bushels and basements upon which we've hidden our light. We so let our light shine in the basement. Wow. The purpose of the light is so everybody can see. Look at your neighbor. You're to be the light in the world. Tell them you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. And uh, I, I want to, I want to speak to that light today. For even though we are one body, one church, one growing church. Amen. Even that's the, even though that's the case, um, I, 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 I need you to find yourself today. And, and in finding yourself in, in the story, I want you to locate where you are and what God is trying to do with you. I believe there's no one here today that can't, I believe every person here can find yourself in these three stories because they are absolutely incredible. In fact, these three stories back to back are so profound until every time I've shared them, every single time, it has had impact. I am asking the Holy Spirit to do something even deeper this morning as I share all three of them together. I can do it under three hours. My wife said, quit giving them a time frame and just preach. Okay, so I won't give you a time frame. I won't give you a time frame. All right. But I, I do want you to see if you can find yourself. It's Luke 15. Now, Luke is, is the doctor. And you'll find that in reading Luke's gospel, and by the way, we're all reading the gospels. Uh, all of the gospel, all four gospels, we're reading them together every day. We're assigning the chapter to every day of the month. And by the time we get to the end of this month, we will have read all of the gospels, all four of them. Amen. Those of you who are up on it, you just finished Mark. Am I right? You're, you're all, you are with me, right? Okay. We just finished Mark. But Luke, man, Luke, Luke is doctor. He's a doctor. And, and, and so doctor by, by trade are detailed. They, they get all the nuances. They tell all, they, by habit, by nature, they describe in grandiose details what has happened or what is happening. Luke gets these three like none of the other gospels so I'm going to use Luke's gospel and you can if you'll stay right there in chapter 15 um, I believe you can get it so let's begin and uh, so let's begin amen so I, I want to begin by asking you a question who is Jesus talking to sometimes you don't get the story unless you understand the context who is he talking to? What is his audience? Who's listening to him like E.F. Hutton 
when he speaks, everybody listens. When Jesus spoke in his day, everybody listened. Ask another question. Maybe you can answer that on your own. And where were they when he was talking? What was the setting? It also puts light on the stories and gives us understanding so that his word becomes fresh to us right now. Something about the word of God that when it's released impacts us in our moment, in our time, in our circumstance, right where you are. And so in the midst of this, in chapter 15, it says, now all, look at that, I'd love that. Now all, check it out, all the tax collectors, what? All the tax collectors and the sinners, what? Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him. I'm so sorry, but I wish this was the case with us. It sure wasn't the case with me because I couldn't stand a tax collector. Man, that year they got that 50 grand for me. I was so mad I didn't know what to do. But I didn't do what my, I didn't do what my, consult, my consultants told me to do. They says, never talk to the IRS without a lawyer. Would I listen? Oh. And in this case, in my case, the RX, uh, the RS, the tax uh, collector was a woman. I'm sorry. Forgive me. She was a black woman. Talk about a setup. From, from the time they got that $50,000 from me, and by the way, it was nothing malicious on my part. I just didn't handle it the way they wanted me to handle it. Had I had a lawyer, I wouldn't have to say a word. I could have shut my mouth. Lawyer could have spoke for me, said exactly what they needed to hear, shut them up, and that would have been it. But no, I went by myself. By the way, I'm sorry, but this is for some of you sitting here. Some of you are in trouble today because you're trying to do it all by yourself. So who's he talking to? He's talking to, to tax collectors. Who else is he talking to? How do you categorize that in the scripture? Tax collectors, sinners. <laughs> they were coming near him. What is it? I asked the question. What is it about Jesus that would draw unscrupulous? What, what about Jesus would draw folks in these categories? He wasn't he wasn't, he wasn't, he, he wasn't railing against them. What, what is it about the Lord that, that they readily came to him? It's not like he came to them. Check out the setting. They're listening to what he has to say. What's coming out of him is not what comes out of the mouth of most of the church today. So they come to him. And uh, they're, they're coming, not only to him, coming near him to what? To listen to him. Both the Pharisees, Lord, and the scribes began to grumble. And check what they were grumbling about. But they were there, weren't they there? All right, they were there. And they started grumbling. And they said this, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. Lord have mercy. Does your Bible read like mine? So here's Jesus, very popular because of what he's teaching. Not only what he's teaching, he backs up his teaching with power. So in delivering the word of the Lord to them, he also, is, as you read, and you've read with us during this, this month, he also heals them and delivers them. Say amen. So you can imagine when, it, when he talks to what, what does he have to say? And the people he's healing and delivering are in these categories. So they come to him and they sit there and they listen. I think it's a good question 
who, who, who is his audience? Um, check, check out the category. Tax collector, those in economics, those on the, on the, on the, on the economic mountain, sitting listening to him. Sinners, those on the moral, cultural mountain, sitting listening to him. These are the folks, you know, I, I really like that he says sinners, because you can just imagine what kind of sin you think they were doing. Come on, tell me, what kind of sin you think they were doing? I'm sorry, tell your neighbor, what kind of sin do you think, what kind of sinners do you think they were? No, no, go ahead, tell them. What kind of sinners do you think they were? Whatever they said, that's probably what they came from out of their life. Amen, all right. And, and they on the moral mountain and then the Pharisees the religious mountain those who wanted to look like they weren't sinners but in all they were not only though not only though them but the scribes the scribes are the law lawyers they were there so we got those fo fo folks from the economic mountain, from the moral mountain, from the religious mountain, and from the law mountain, and, and another category that were there, his own disciples. They're all sitting there and, and they are comfortable as Jesus speaks. But because he understood what was coming out of their mouth before it came out of their mouth, and they, and they were criticizing him, who was criticizing him? The religious people. Man, you hanging out. Look who, look at these. In other words, they weren't comfortable. They, they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say, but they weren't comfortable with the other ones that Jesus drew because it railed against their religion. Lord, help you, help me not to repel people because of what I think they should be or should not be. Help the church who has kept folk away from the church by the way we talk about people and the way we shun even our own relatives whose lives are full of sin, whose lives are full of pain and hurt, whose lives are on other mountains. Whether it be jealousy because they got more money, they live in more sinful than we are, but they got more money than we have. And so we don't associate. These divisions were evident in the culture that Jesus taught. But for some reason, Bert, they all were gravitating to him. He heard them. He, they said, look at him, look at him. Look who he's eating with. Look who he's eating with. It's kind of like you. If you were at, if you were at a, a restaurant and there's no more tables, no more tables. The only tables left are at the bar. And you hungry. Yeah, well, the bar is open. And you sit at the bar. And as you sit there at the bar, wanting to order your food, here come several, pardon the language, hoochie mamas to sit next down to one. Cross their legs. Right there. With them skirts that are up to their, yes, amen. It's worse than that. And when they lean over and the hello ma'am, thank you ma'am. And you're there right there and they're gonna serve you. Now you sitting there, now you haven't done that, you just, but you're there, right? And they wanna serve you your food and they drinking next to you, looking at you, cause you know, you, you, you look good now. <laughs> and, and they checking you out like, mm. Hey. <laughs> what would they say to you if you at the bar, if she was at the bar, what would she say to you? Come on, talk to me. What kind of, what kind of line do you think she'd give you? Said what? What are you drinking? Mm, sound experienced there. Okay, all right. Uh, what, no, no, no. <laughs> what are you drinking? What you drinking? Oh, oh, can I buy you a drink? How many of you know today the female will ask the male to buy them a drink? Am I talking, am I right, right? Okay, so y'all sitting there. Can you imagine 
the scene and your heart's right, but the, those around you, well, make you suspect. And the Pharisees, they, they, they're talking to them and saying, look at, look, 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 look who he eat. Look who's sitting next to him. Can you, can you believe it? He's supposed to be righteous. Jesus, hearing what they were thinking, are you all there? Hearing what he gave them, three stories. Walk with me real quick now. He gave them three stories. Are you still this? This man received sinners, and so he told them this parable, saying, and by the way, would you please note, please, that he told them this parable, and so Jesus sees them all as one, even though he gives them to us as three. And he says to them, he says this. He says, uh, now he doesn't give them some profound uh, theological exposition or explanation of the nuances between what is and what isn't a sin, who is and who is not acceptable, how you and how you should not dress. Are you there? He doesn't do that. What he does, he tells them a story. Are you ready for the story? Have you ever read the story before? Okay, so you know what's going down. He said this. He said, now what a man, I love it when God, when God asks you a question, he doesn't ask you because he don't know the answer. He says, what among you, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture, and go after the one which is lost. Underline that in your Bible. He goes after the one which is lost. He goes after the one who is lost until he finds. Jesus is, he, he's, he's, he's cutting deep whether we know it or not because he has touched something which all of them, he's, he's touching their money because sheep make money. And so to, to lose one of them, it's a, it's a financial loss. And a shepherd who is a true shepherd doesn't have the sheep just for what he can get from the sheep. He loves his sheep. Jesus makes that clear. And he loves it. He leaves in open pasture, leaves him, runs until. Look at somebody say, until. Until. He's looking everywhere. Now, where would he go? You know, Jesus knows his sheep. Where would he go? Let me go down here by the creek. Probably down here by the creek. Grass greener down here by the creek. Because every family has got a sheep that goes astray. Yes. I, in my family, we had a street. We have, we have a, a, we had a, yes, amen. It, yes, amen. We have a wander in the house. Anybody, anyone have wanders in the house? You got to wonder where they are. Where, where they go? What? You know, but he, he goes after him until he finds him. The Bible says when he finds him, what does the rest of it say? What does he say? He does what? How are you going to lay your sheep on your shoulder? You're going to pick it up, put it on your shoulder, and come on. And does what? Rejoices. He, now I want you to see that. Don't forget that. Because the 99 are doing fine. It's the one he wants. When he finds him, until when he finds him, picks him up, puts him on his shoulder. And what? And does what? Rejoices. Rejoice with me. It wasn't enough. He, he goes home. He comes home, calls together his friends, his neighbors, says to them, party with me. I found my sheep. He was lost. I <laughs> Stop right there. Then he goes on to another story. By the way, he doesn't let them comment. He just keeps talking. Or, <laughs> what woman? First he says, what man? Then he says, or what woman? If she has 10 silver coins and loses one coin. Now, now if, you, if you look this up uh, in, in Bible dictionaries, you'll see that some believe that the 10 coins are like a wedding ornament. 
they prophesy and declare her wedding is very precious to her. You're still breathing, saints. And so to lose one is like, oh my God. And every woman in here who is married or has had a good diamond ring, I'm not talking about cubic zirconium. I'm talking about the real show enough diamond. If you have a diamond, I'm talking about, no matter how small a diamond is, by the way, if it's a real diamond, you know, when that man, oh my God, and she starts losing weight and that ring come off her finger and hit it, clink, 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 and that's it. Oh, 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 oh. She tearing the sink up trying to get it. Am I right? If I got any woman who lost anything that way. So the, Jesus said this woman loses her, her coin and she, she takes a candle. So obviously it must have been at night she can't find it and lights a candle. She down, but girl, you're about to burn up the sheets. She, she got the candle trying to find this coin. And she searches. Are you there, saints? How long does she search? How long does she search, saints? Are you there? Let's say until she finds it. And uh, then when she finds the coin, what does she do? She does what? She calls together her friends and neighbors. She said, hey! She's so happy she found it. Are you still breathing? Now they're all sitting there listening to him. He don't let them take a breath. He just go right to the next story. Are you there? He says, and he said, verse 11, man had two sons. I want you to notice what Jesus does in this story. Starts with a sheep, goes to coins, then goes to sons, the family. And he said, what, what father? He said, a father had two sons. Uh, one, the younger son, I'll paraphrase so we short the time just a little bit. He, he, he said, the younger son said, you know, Dad, uh, give me my inheritance. I, I'm, I'm sorry that you don't understand what that is. How, how, so, and, and by the way, parents, sometimes your kids can hurt you so bad and they don't even know it. Just cut you to the deep quick in his head. Bust your head down to the white meat. Just hurt. Dad, give me my inheritance. In other words, without saying it, you're worth more to me dead than alive. You don't get the inheritance until the end. Give me my inheritance. The father did it. Divided, the Bible says, you'll see there, he divided his inheritance between them and gave the son, the younger son, his portion. It was by tradition, if there were two sons, they would divide the, the wealth into three parts. The son would get, the oldest son would get two parts. He was responsible for carrying on the family. And the younger son would get that third part. He gave the son his part. And the Bible says he went, how does it say it? He did what? He squandered, he said, he, what does he say? Help me, help me, if you do this, you'll help me go quicker. Are you there? What does he, what does he do? Got, he gathered everything together. We're on a journey into the distant country. And there he did what? Squandered. What does squandered mean? Wasted. What, why, how do you define waste? There's no profit. There's no profit. By the way, take a financial lesson. The principle is not for you to exhaust the principle. The principle is there for you to put it to work to create more. And by the way, that's why many African Americans don't do well because they squander. They spend the whole amount on the wrong thing that cannot bring. Not only does it does not satisfy them, it does not multiply. I just can't go there. We'll go there. In days to come, we go in there, bro. We go in there because we, we end in these days of us being a day late and a dollar short. We're done. Look at you. I'm done with it. Look at you. I'm done with that. And the reason why it's that way because we've not been taught. Mm -hmm. He squandered it. He had nothing left. 
And when now that there's nothing left, what does he do? Talk to me. What does he do? Jesus still talking. Pharisees, sinners, tax collectors, <laughs> lawyers, they still listening. What happens? He says, now many days, he's, he has nothing left. And he takes a job doing what, saint? I'm sorry, say it again, please. Feeling the pigs, feeling the swine. And he would have, he, his, his stomach was talking to him. And he was just about to eat the hog food. Just at that moment, you know, just got to that, that moment, he's so hungry. And by the way, when your appetites are out of control, when, when your appetites are, when you're, when you're, when you're needy, when you're needy, your appetites can bring you to a lifestyle that's out of control. And in an effort to, to solve your own hunger, you can actually do harm to yourself. He was right there. I imagine it might have gone through his mind. Jesus doesn't say this. This is my imagination. It might have gone through his mind. But if I go home, they can all talk about me. I, I, can you, how, many, how many of God's children are the same way? I would go home, but it's so embarrassing. I would go home. I didn't have no kids when I left. Now I got three kids. And, and, and how am I going to explain it? I'm not even married. I can imagine what his mind was going through when he's contemplating his condition. But thank God, he came, the Bible says, he came to himself. We talked about that this morning. Another way you can explain this is a father starts drawing him. And in the midst of his misery you can imagine he didn't have no I mean, he, you can imagine if he spent everything he had no new clothes and when the last time you washed the ones you got on i'm not going to even mention them under pieces and you and what you've been doing feeding the hogs you cannot feed a swine a pig without getting with the, that pig stuff on you because you got to walk up in there where they are. And they don't care. <laughs> Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa. My grandfather took us to a hog farm. I will never forget it as long as I live. I wasn't even in kindergarten, but I still smell it today. And if you've never been on a hog farm, you don't know what you missed. We did go with Terry Lucas. Terry Lucas, if you listen to this broadcast, thank you, sir, for taking me back to your home place. I understand why you left there. Amen. <laughs> if you've never been to a hog farm, saints, you don't have, you, it's, it is the most, oh, awful. Now, as, as good as ham sandwiches taste, and as good as is barbecue ribs, barbecue ribs, honey baked ham, bacon. Everybody knows that nothing is good until you got bacon on it. Bacon goes good with everything. Bacon goes good in salad. Bacon go, goes good on rice. Bacon goes good with eggs. Bacon goes good goes good pancake. Bacon goes good with waffles. Bacon good. Bacon good with everything. If you knew where that bacon came from. But anyway, <laughs> he's about to, he is about to eat that food. And of course, it's, they say slop the hogs. There's a reason why they call it slopping the hogs. Am I right? Am I, am I right? Now, you know about slopping, you ever slop hogs? Yeah. No, don't care, all right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He was right there. Jesus telling the story. All them folks sitting around listening to him. Of all levels, financial status, moral status, economic status, religious status. They all intrigued. They ain't said a word and they haven't interrupted him. 
They know he's going somewhere. By the time he gets here, he says that this story about this dad, these two sons, that's one son, he's about to defile, he's about to, according to the religious people, defile, he was already defiled by taking that job. Because a Jewish person in this culture never would not be caught dead around pigs. He about to eat what they eat. He right there. But right in the midst of it, I'm, I'm talking to some of you today because some of you, you are there. So close, you just, I'm going to satisfy my, my hunger that's not being satisfied either for the world, for the flesh, or something else that can satisfy. I come to church because I want to have some a semblance of getting rid of my guilt. After all, I got to get some brownie points. The son is right there. And at the, as he gets the, brings it to his mouth, something comes to him. This is amazing. What does he say to himself? Can anybody find it for me? What does he say to himself? Yes? He came to his senses. There's a whole lot of folk doing some crazy stuff have not come to their senses yet. And by the way, it was part of where we get common sense from. There's some things that are just obvious. Some people are doing things against common sense. Forgive me, but when you can't tell me what a woman is, there's something about common sense that ain't right with you. You must be in a hog pen. Are you breathing, saints? Lord, you know I want to stay there, don't, don't you? You can't tell me what a woman is? You can't tell me what a woman is? Lord, have mercy. Well, what are you? Well, how you know? There's something common sense gives us. How many of you know when you go against common sense? Ooh. This son is there. He's about to eat this. Now, he knows uh, the last thing in the world, but he comes to us. He said, even my father's servants are eating better than this. Are you all still with me on the three stories? So what does he say? Quickly, help me. Help me go quicker. Because I got some more I got to give you. What, is, what, what does he say? How many of my what? How many of my father's Hire me. But I'm so glad he said that because Jesus in the story is saying something. I'm a son. My daddy, my, my dad, my, I, don't, I don't have to pay my daddy to eat. I don't have to pay my daddy to live well. I was just foolish. I thought I could live better on my own. But I discovered something. I don't do well on my own. I, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up from here. Look here. I'm going to put my pride aside. Some of you, I'm talking to you today. The only reason why you are still in the state you're in is because you have not yet come to yourself because your pride tells you you don't want to look bad. All along, the Heavenly Father is waiting got stuff stored up for you. That son, he said, I'm I, he, I could see him in my mind. Throw that stuff down. And, and when, when you come to your senses, you realize, oh my God. Come on, you remember, remember Charlie, Charlie, Uncle Charlie? What's Uncle Charlie's name? Wilson. Charlie Wilson. Where y'all been? Charlie, don't y'all know who Charlie Wilson is? Sugar, honey. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, so Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie told his story. He, he, he was that son. He said, I, he said, I was so bad. I was so strung out 
on drugs. My sister came to help me. Nobody, I rejected everybody until this one person came to help me. And they showed, and when it came to me, they started crying, just weeping, oh, just started weeping. I said, what's wrong? And then they showed me a picture of myself. And when I saw myself, I said, oh, my God. I believe seeing himself is what happened to that boy in Jesus' story until he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going. I'm going. That's it. I'm going home. I don't care who said what. I don't care about the servants, what they say. I don't care about nobody in my family. I don't care about what they say. I'm going, I'm sick of this. Jesus said, he said, I'm telling you, I'm going to go to my father. Said, father, I'm wrong. Forgive me. I've sinned against heaven and against you. Just make me one of your servants. The father, by the way, you, are you in the story yet? Uh, please help me because I got, I got, I got to tell you, I got to draw, I got to draw it together for you. Check this out. He, the son, he, get, he says, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father. I, I, he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. He got up. He came to his father. But while he was still a long way, while he was still a long way, while he was still a long way off. His father saw him. Look. No, write it down somewhere. He, he saw him. I want you, every, all of you to know, your father sees you. He said, not only that, he felt compassion. Your father in his heart has compassion for you. And then, he, then, then the Bible says, he ran toward him. And then he, when he got to him, he embraced him. And he kissed him. Now, Lord Jesus. He ain't taking no bath. He ain't taking no shower. He ain't putting no perfume on. He just, I don't care. I'm so glad to see you. Are you still breathing? Okay. Then the story goes on. And the father is, the son says, Father, 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 I've sinned against you, against heaven, in your sight. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. But, 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 but father, uh, the father, the father said, Slaves, wipers. Are you all breathing? Quickly. Quickly, bring out the best robe. Are you reading where I'm reading verse 22? Bring out the what? Bring out the what? And do what with it? Put it on him and do what else? And then what else? And bring what else? Bring the ribs. Bring the beef ribs. Let us eat. Let us what? Okay, so let me, let me see if I can put it together so you, so you can find yourself. Jesus told the story because the story is always ongoing. He told the story because they, not only would they never forget it, he knew the story would be printed in the Gospels. He knew that the story, when you read it, would speak to you because of its commonalities. First of all, in every story, all three of them, there was something precious. <laughs> the stories always begin with something precious. Something valuable. Something costly. Something expensive. Something treasured something priceless the shepherds felt his sheep was priceless that's why he risked the 99 she thought it was priceless she'd tear the rest of the whole house up finding that coin sheep can move but coins are still some of you are, are, are mo you don't know how to you don't know how to get out of what you 
want. But the Father is the one that reaches and finds you, finds that place where you are. He knows exactly what you were thinking last night at 12 o'clock. He knows how you've disdained your life. He knows how you would have taken it if you had the courage. You'd have taken your life. But thank God there's enough fear of God in you to realize that's not what you ought to do. Some of you even tried. And you failed. Because the Father said, not yet. In every story, there's something precious. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to find my boy. You read the story, you'll see the father got up every day looking for him. But he just couldn't take it anymore, so I got to go find him. I've, I've, I've waited for him to come to his senses and come home. I know what he's going to do because I know my son. I can't take it. I'm going to go find him. If something's precious to you and valuable to you, risk everything for it. It was Jesus' way of saying to every religious person in there, the Father loves you so much, he will risk it all to find you. For everyone is lost and gone. All of us are lost like sheep and have gone astray. Notice, please, in every story, there's something precious. If something's precious enough to you, you'd be willing to risk everything for it because of its value, which is exactly what the father did. He risked his reputation because, you know, as, as a Jew, as a Jewish business person, one of the things you do, if your son acted the way that son acted, you, dis, you disavow him. You separate him from the house forever. If he'll shame you that way. If he showed you that disre much disrespect, forget it. He's no longer. That's why you could say, you are no longer my son. That's why he told them the story he told them. To show them how precious. Run to him. Your love greater than your pride. That's the love of the father. Something, something precious. Number two, something lost. In every story, something's lost. Lost, I mean something's missing. Something's out of place. Something's absent. Something's gone. Something's misplaced. Something stolen. God searches. You're precious, and so therefore, he understands. He understands what lost is. But all things are known by the Father. The Father even sees into your heart. He knows your longing for him. Not only is something precious, something lost, but someone is searching in every story. Whether it be that shepherd who will not stop until, you don't care how, many time, how much time it takes. You know, shepherds normally put all the sheep in a pen. All the sheep, of all the shepherds, go into one pen. That way you, they can be watched and kept during the night. And when the, in the morning, they open the pen and the shepherds walk out and in their different ways and they sing or they speak and the sheep who are familiar with his voice follow that shepherd. Because they know his voice. <laughs> Jesus tells this story. He knows who he's talking to. He wants them to get the, I get the picture about the heart of the Father. And in every case, something, Lord have mercy, someone is searching. I'm going to tell you today, someone's looking for you. Someone, some, someone's looking for you. Someone has examined your heart and they know your value. Somebody's after you. 
Somebody has a quest for your heart. Someone hunts you. One theologian talked about the spirit of God is that hound called him the hound of heaven which chases you down life's corridors and backs you up until you say yes. God's bloodhound is after you. He's after you. Bloodhound because bloodhounds are sensitive to the smell of blood. The father wants your blood to save you. Someone searching and he never stops. He never gives up on me. You know that song we sing? In every story, something, someone is looking for you. Someone's pursuing you. One, re one reason why the Father pursues you so hard is because you haven't pursued him. Wow. Mm. In every story, there are five things. I'm at three. Number, number four is someone is found. Man, that sheep, you know, it's okay to wander off when, you, you know, when you're doing your thing and you're happy and everything. But you know, when you realize you lost, has anybody ever been in a foreign place, don't know where you're going, can't speak the language, and don't know what to do next? Now, that was she and I in Germany because we didn't speak German. I mean, you know, you, got, you need help. You're looking for somebody who can speak two words in English to figure out where am I and where am I supposed to go. I want to tell you that, look, when, when God comes after you, when the Lord comes after you, and he's searching for you, it is an amazing thing. When, I, I, can you imagine what that sheep was thinking when he turns around and there's his shepherd? Oh, you know, when, you, when your kids first wander off, you know, they're having a good time. You know, it, you know they, you, you over there, you kind of in eye shot, you know, and then all of a sudden they turn around and you ain't there. Oh, it's panic. I told y'all about my son screaming and hollering, lit up the whole mall because he couldn't find us because we thought he was with us and we left him. I wish he was here right now. I, I said, boy. He's screaming. Ah! Ah! I mean, y'all your kids got a scream. They don't know where the scream came from. They got a scream down on them. And it, but what is, we know what's amazing? When, when we pulled up, <laughs> when we pulled up, he just hollered. Ah! Guard got him by the arm. Oh, wow. And he, he saw us. And then he went, ah! It's an amazing thing to be lost and then found. Today we have these things called, uh, we have iPhones. That, what's it called about location? What's that thing? Find my what? Find my phone. But what's that thing when you want to find somebody? Location. What's that? Share location. Share location. Yeah. You be like, whoop, there he is. Beep, beep. There he is right there. Said, you're on the phone. Said, where are you? You're on fifth and fifth. You're, you're on fifth. There you know you're on 10th and Peace Street. There you are right down there. You're in the gay section. Don't, Flynn, don't, don't do it. Just keep walking here. <laughs> oh, Lord, I got in trouble. All right, here we go. It's an amazing thing. When you're found, you know where you are. You know what happens in every story. Something was, when they were found, they were unearthed, they were discovered, they were pinpointed, and that's exactly what God, he said to that audience sitting around him, I know where you are. I know where you are. You don't know where you are. Your heavenly father, no matter how religious, no matter how rich, no matter how deep in sin, Lord have mercy. Even if you're my disciple, disciples can get lost. Jesus in every story something is found and the last thing is I, I'm sorry that you hadn't put the, your finger on this and I'm, I'm asking the Holy Spirit in days ahead to help us to get this one really 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 good because when, when the shepherd finds that sheep oh my God 
It's more than just putting them on the shoulder. It wasn't enough that he just brought him back to the 99. That wasn't enough. He going to call all the fellow shepherds. Hey, hey. Because he, uh, he, he, a party's great by yourself, but a party's awesome when everybody else is partying. Yeah, take the notes because I need you to teach this to the people that you go after. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Don't forget the party. Man, you know when you get found and, and you know, you, you be kind of in bed. Can you imagine the son, he in there with the new robe on, shoes on, got the ring on, and our other neighbors, oh, 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 I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, and you're embarrassed because everybody's love to you reminds you of, I live like that. What was wrong with me? There's some people that belong in this, in this, in this flock. I'm talking to you right now. You belong here. You've been lost in yourself, lost in your feelings, lost in your emotions. And you think people are judging you. Anybody judging you because all of us have been lost too. You belong in the house of God. I'm not talking about just the building. You belong in the company of the believers. You belong, you need to be connected so that everything that God wants to do with your life can come about. You need to come home. Doesn't matter what your economic status is, come home. It doesn't matter how deep you've gone in sin and giving yourself to that which is, which is iniquitous. It doesn't matter. He still knows where you are. Still searches. Wants to bring you home. When you do, we're going to party. We have not done that. The body of Christ, that's why some people don't, don't stay because we ain't partied enough. You didn't throw a big enough party. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't break out the barbecue. Ricardo, I'm, I'm, I'm counting you, bro, to break out the barbecue. We haven't celebrated them enough. Every single story, she finds a coin. Hey, hey, hey. And she, a coin? A coin? Really? Yeah, I found my coin. 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 I found a coin. I found my coin. I found my coin. And what makes finding the coin, of finding the sheep so precious is everybody else getting along with you. You might not even feel like she's feeling it, but just get along with her. She found a coin. She found a coin. She found a coin. <laughs> the father thinks it's important enough that even the angels in heaven party. One sinner. The angels in heaven party. Rejoice over one Okay, time for you to come. Time for you to deal, bro. You might be in that stationary place like that coin, hidden in the corners and cracks somewhere, then fall down, can slid off the, off the chain or off the leather, down in the corner somewhere. Yeah, off the chain, that's, a, that's another way to look at it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sweetheart, that was very good. And, 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 uh, and, 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 and you down, stuck down in the crevice between the Floorboard in the wall, stuck in there somewhere. You know, nobody, no, nobody knows where you are, but God knows where you are. God, your Father knows where your heart is. He knows the insides, outs of your heart. Even God said, "You only, you, you don't even know. You don't even know the inside of your heart." But God, the Father, knows the insides of your heart. He finds you today. Say yes to Him. I know you know you're a son, but you acting like, you acting like a foreigner. I know you know you're a son. I know that you know that day was not a lie. That decision was not frivolous. That day you said yes. God knew it. You knew it. Angels had their party over you. But I tell you just because something catastrophic happened to you and just because you thought receiving Jesus meant the end of all troubles somebody lied to you about that when you received Jesus 
your troubles just begin. I'm sorry you don't like that good news. It's really good news, but I'm going to tell you again. When you find Jesus, when you decide you're going to follow him, your troubles just begin. In fact, your troubles get redefined. And all, all of you following him because you think following Jesus is a troublous life, you ain't following Jesus. You're following your emotions. That's not Jesus. When you follow Jesus, when you follow him, when you obey him, I promise you, stuff happens. He's never promised you no problems. What he did promise you, while you go through them, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And even though you're going through it, even though you go through the fire, I will be right there with you. And you'll go through it. You'll come out on the other side and we will rejoice together. The thread that runs between all three of these stories, if you look at the last one, the fifth one, that rejoicing, if you look in the scripture and you see what heaven thinks about it, some of you have been blind, you've not understood. When somebody walks that aisle and says, I'm yours, Lord, I hear you, I see you, you found me, and here I am, the angels! You know, I don't know, maybe because you don't have that kind of imagination about how big angels are. You gotta ask some of these around who have seen angels. Oh, they big. Humongous. They're awesome. Ooh, can you imagine an angel speaking? Can you imagine an angel warring? Can you imagine an angel dancing? Church, we haven't got it. We, we need to get it. Some of y'all have been running from the purpose of God. Because you figured out, oh, you mean if I've served Jesus, you mean I'm going to have tribulation? <laughs> Talk to your neighbor, encourage him, take him by the hand and say, baby, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tribulation. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. Excuse me. And you're in Christ or not in Christ, you're still going to have trouble. And everything you do to try to keep your behind out of trouble still leads you into more trouble. I, it don't make any difference. If you're going to have trouble anyway, you might as well have it in Christ so that while you're going through trouble, he can hold you and keep you and secure you and inform you and teach you and grow you up so that you are not able to come out and you can stand anything because you've already been through that's a different life that's a different life than this false christianity that says as long as you follow jesus everything gonna be all right i'm gonna tell you something it will eventually be all right but you got some stuff tell your neighbor you got some stuff to go through but man if if i if i gotta live in trouble anyway i might as well live on the winning side and not on the losing side bow your heads before the lord I don't know which one you are. Coin lost between the cracks. Sheep away from everybody else thinking that your freedom is away from everybody else. Trying to create your own world, your own scene. Those of you who have done that, you already know. You already know what that leads to. Leads you right back where you were before the shepherd found you. Or whether you're that son and daughter, you grew up in the house and you think somehow that it's better outside. Whew. Okay. So Chris, I don't know, man, maybe you can think of a song that'll, that'll help them because sometimes people get, they have a little problem with this message. So sometimes you get a good song and they'll be all right. All I know is I knew today I needed to call some, find some coins, carry some sheep. Embrace some sons and daughters. So Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that the Holy Spirit knows you know all things. I thank you that we are yours. Forgive us. Forgive us. 
for acting like we're not. Forgive, forgive us for hiding our identity so that we could be comfortable, so we wouldn't have to shake the, disturb the peace. Forgive us for hiding in the, in the crevices because we didn't want nobody to know who our real allegiance is to. Forgive us, Father. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Make us, Lord, make us, give us your power and make us in a way that we can fully, with joy, obey you. Full of courage, understanding, and purpose. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us from religion. Make us your true church. For those, Lord, who are wrestling with this and have been hiding, those who have been lost, I pray for them and I thank you for their deliverance today. Thank you for finding them. You knew, Father, to draw them today to hear this crazy preacher today. I thank you, Father, for embracing every one of them. Thank you for bringing us home. Thank you for cleansing us, putting on that fresh robe, putting sandals on our feet for purpose, putting ring on our fingers for authority, putting your robe over us that clothes and, 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 and makes us righteous. I, I thank you for that. Let it be so now for these who are here in Jesus' name. Amen.